This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Three things we believe for you. You get saved, you get set free, and you serve Jesus for all your life. And so, if you're here today, that's what we're praying over you. For every one of us in here, I welcome all of you. If you're guests, we're so honored to have you with us. And like Dylan said, I'm glad you made it out on a cold morning to worship God. If you need a Bible, get your hand up. And we will begin in the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy 6, we'll be in Deuteronomy 6, and then we'll go to 1 John chapter 4. Just to give you a little insight as you're getting Bibles. Again, if you need a Bible, get your hand raised. But uh, we've been talking here on the Holy Spirit. And so today, we're going to combine the Holy Spirit on a teaching of the love of God and how He'll embrace us and help every one of us to live in this thing called love. So it'll be really good. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. Some translation says the one and only or just the one. Now, the reason I'm starting this with this is uh, many theologians believe that Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, 5, and 6 is the most important scriptures in, in the, all, the Old Testament. This passage right here. Now this will come back into play later on this morning in the New Testament. But when you see the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The word God here is used in its plural form. And it's literally talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the person or the three persons of the same substance. And so actually this was almost like he was prophesying this. What would take place in the New Testament? Keep reading, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now notice what he said, the heart, because the heart here was considered the, the seat of our mind and our will. And so he said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. What a commandment. There's only one God, and this is him. Now go with me to the book of 1 John, way, way back into the New Testament. You get to Revelations, you've gone just a little bit too far. 1 John chapter 4. So as you're turning there, we, we referenced the heart a minute ago. And anytime we have heart problems, the most vital sign of all is our love or our lack of love. Every one of us. So we begin to get God's heart in John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world. For, for God so loved the world. Now, a lot of times it's easy to read that real fast and you, you, you can say it real, for God so loved the world. But when I really think of the world there, what he's telling us, our, our God loves the red, yellow, black, white, and brown. Our God, our God is a, a God of color. Our God is a God of variety. And so as I look at that verse, let me ask you something. Do you reflect God's love for the world like he does? Or is my love selective? Is my love only toward my ethnicity? And so it's very easy to get over and say, I love you, I love you not, I love you, I love... And so again, we become selective, but that's not how God said. And so part of this today is learning to, to love the people of the world like Father God does. First John chapter 4. Verse 7, Beloved children of God, 
let us love one another. The New Living says, let us continue to love one another. For love is of God. For love comes from God. So when I see that statement there, for, for the love of God and everyone who loves God is born of God, when I read that passage there, the nature of God is love. The definition of God is love. When you see love, this, this is who God is. He's, he's the source. Love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And so we can all sit here right now this morning, we can all agree that, that love is important. But within our society, most, most view love as a feeling. I'm hooked on a feeling. But in reality, the love of God is not a feeling, it's a choice. But not only is it a choice, it's an action. God's love always requires a choice, but with that choice is an action. Now here's the question. How well are you displaying that? Let me throw you a little curveball on that. Have you found out in life it's, it's really easy to love people that love you? The interesting thing is when you get around people that don't love you, that you continue to love them. Here's a, here's a question for you. How many in this room do you work around someone that's very hard to love? This is where the love of God comes into play. And so the, the command was this right here. Beloved, let us love one another. For he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now we pick up in verse number 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Not love is God. God is love. And it's easy within our society to try to flip that round because of selfishness. And what I mean by selfishness here is, is we've contaminated our view of, of love. And everybody has this thought, you know, because of love... I just want to feel good. Because of love, I just want to feel good. So literally what we're saying here, I want to sacrifice my, my morals. I want to sacrifice my standards and principles to make me happy. But the truth is, is this right here. Sin is sin, and it's not up for negotiation. And so not only is our God a God of love, our God is a love who's holy, our God is a love who's just, and our God is a God who's perfect. And so don't try to camouflage love in the thought, well, I just want to feel good. And you know what? God wants me to feel good. So today on our little journey here, we're going to study what the true love of God is. What God not only expects, but how God sets the standards. Now, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And, and we'll begin this wonderful journey here. And I thought I'd be real creative this week, talking about the Holy Spirit and love, just because it's Valentine's Day coming up. So we got to get love in there. And I'm trying to help you husbands out because next Sunday, your wives will look at me and they'll either call you Cupid or they'll call you stupid. So I want to help you out this morning, okay, where you get in there and realize, you know what, Pastor, I, I really want to be Cupid this time around. So we begin in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then walk. 
I say then walk. Now, the word walk there is a verb that it implies here a progression, a steady progression. Now, look how he says to walk. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Holy Spirit where he not only monitors us, but he empowers us. And when I talk about the Holy Spirit, he, he comes on the inside of us and he internally motivates us. How many of you need a little e- in, internal motivation? Man, I need all I can get. That's me. That's Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Why? I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so when you see the lust of the flesh and what he's talking about here, man, th- this is real. This is what's going on within, on the inside of each one of us because he goes on to say, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so you do not do the things you wish. So I don't know if you've ever sensed this in your life, but this is what's going on. The, the, the Holy Spirit is, is trying to help us to walk in righteousness, but our flesh is all about me and it's so selfish. So it's like a tug of war. And it goes on day after day after day. And guess which one wins? The one you yield to. And I can tell you, I yield to my flesh at times. Stuff happens within me. But when I begin to get a hold of this right here, these passages will help you. They'll set you free. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit of God, I love that, right? If you are led by the Spirit. So it's a choice. If you are led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. In other words, you're you're not ruled by religion or or the compulsion. i got to obey. When I'm led by the Spirit of God, He's he's the oil to my heart. He's the one that helps me where I'm not all beat up with religion. I'm I'm not going to go over the the next few verses, verse 19, 20, and 21, but it says, now the works of the flesh. I'll I'll abbreviate what he's talking about here. The works of the flesh, the, the first four, I believe, are sexual sins. Always gets quiet when I say that. The next two are are sins that deal with pagan religion or witchcraft. The next nine are appetites of the flesh that have to deal with anger. Wow. Nine of them. And then the last two, now get this, the last two are sins of drunkenness. And so he's saying right here, these are the things how your flesh will manifest. But we don't want to go there. We're going to go somewhere different. Go to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is. But the fruit of the Spirit is. Now if you'll note in your Bible there, the word fruit is singular. And so when you read that here, The Holy Spirit is the one that incorporates all these different elements or the fruit that he produces within us. So read them here with me. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
against such there is no law. Now, when you look at these virtues that we just read, these are characterized as fruit, not works. So if we read into this, the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace, every one of them, all nine of them, are birthed from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that will begin to put those in the inside of us. And it's interesting to me right here that the Apostle Paul doesn't list any other way you can get those. So I can go through that list and I can begin to look at them and I can think, there's a number of them in there that I, I really, 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 really need in my life. A big one is that one called self-control. The fruit of self-control. How many of you have ever had the problem of you uh, speak before you think? Pastor, you have that problem? Yeah. Yeah. So I begin to say, Holy Spirit, I, I need the fruit of self-control. Ooh, I, I need you to go to work within me. Now, we could list all those again, and they're, they're all significant. But look at the very first one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is love. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought this or done this, but in my life, there's times you have the thought, you know what, I, I, I really needed just to muster up some more love. Well, if I'm going to muster up love, that's telling me that that's coming out of my ability. That's coming out of me. And, and usually if that happens, you know how long that lasts? Until you get what you want. But something happens when I begin to ask the Holy Spirit, fill me with the love, Holy Spirit, the fruit of love. And, and when I talk about that, that's not a love that's, that's based on worldly perspective or it's an earthly-based love. But it's a love from God that the Holy Spirit begins to embrace me with and he puts that in with me and it helps me against my limitation and my carnal tendencies. And so just as an apple tree will produce apples as long as that sap flows through us, when I receive the, the Holy Spirit, he'll put that love within me if I begin to ask him and say, Ooh, I, I need the fruit of love. I welcome the fruit of love. Now go with me to the book of John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. And as you're going there, I'm, I'm just going to quote this verse for you. In the, in the, you're going to John 13. The book of Matthew, chapter number 7, verses 16, 20. It says this in there, that they'll know you by your fruit. They'll, they'll know you by your fruit. They didn't say they'll know you by your looks, your IQ, your education. They'll, they'll not even know you by how much money you have in your wallet. He said they'll, they'll know you by your fruit. And so to a degree, when you read into this, you begin to look and say, okay, what, what are the fruit of the Spirit would I be known of? Do, do any of the fruit of the Spirit, do, do they resemble me at all? Is there love, joy, peace within me? Is there long-suffering? Is there self-control? Goodness, kindness, gentleness, or the robe of meekness is just humility. Are there any of those evident in my life? John chapter 13. 
verse 34. And the Lord Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Now, Christ's new commandment here, it, it presses us beyond our natural human inclinations. I'm telling you that right now. So this all goes back into Deuteronomy 6 that we're told to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all his soul, and all their mind. But in this one, he says, we're to actually love one another. Now, would Jesus tell us to love one another if that wasn't possible? No, he's, he's setting the bar high, and he tells us how. Look how he says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Wow. How did Christ love us? He died for us. He gave his entire life for us. And so not only Jesus tells us this, but I believe this with all my heart. He, he expects us to love this way. Verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And it's interesting here, there's that word if again. If is a choice. If you love one another. So think about this real quick. If he said the tale of the tape, how you love, is if you love one another. They'll know you're my disciples by your love. How well are you doing? How well am I doing? Now, in order to walk in what Jesus commands us here, this, this cross-references to a couple verses in John 14. John 14, verse 14. Look at that. Now, look what he says. If you ask any my, anything in my name, I will do it. So what was interesting here, he was saying... This love that I expect you to walk in, actually not expect you, he commanded us to walk in. And then he said, the only way they'll know you're my disciples is the way you love. And so then he leads us and he says, you got to ask for it in my name. How many of us have ever asked and said, Lord Jesus, I need your love, your sacrificial love. I need that within me. What an invitation. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. That word keep there is a verb. And those who love Christ will prove their devotion by their obedience. So when he says we're to, to love one another, again, that's a command. But also to keep his commandments. Now you want to see the secret ingredient? Because again, if you think you're going to love people just out of your human nature, and you think you can keep, keep God's commands just because you're so strong, look, look, here's the ticket. Here's the answer, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. You know who the helper was? It was the Holy Spirit. So when you look at what the Lord Jesus said, you better ask me in the name of Jesus, but in order to walk in love, in order to keep his command, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter who you are. And so again, the Holy Spirit begins to do a work on the inside of us. This, this, may, this may identify you. This identifies me big time. 
Before I was born again, I could give a flip about people. I, I could care less. You know what it is result? That's just selfish. But when I got born again, there began to be a process of a change within me. How many of you, before you were born again, it, it didn't bother you to dice and slice and cut people up? It didn't bother you? That was me. I could have cared less. But when I got born again and I asked the Holy Spirit to come and start living in my life, things began to change. Things began to change where it, it was almost shocking to me what God began to do. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. So we talk about all this love. But I, I, want, I want the scriptures to set the, the standard for every one of us in here. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. And though I speak with the tongues of men, of all languages, and I speak with the tongues of angels, but I have not love. I become a sounding brass or a noisy brass or a clanging cymbal without love. It's meaningless. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. The gifts of the Spirit. If, if they're not rooted and motivated in love, he said, you know what? Your prophecy is of no good. Your knowledge is of no good. Your faith is no good. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Without love, the most magnificent manifestations and gifts and whatever heroic self-sacrifices you have or you give, they're nothing if it's not motivated by love. Now, this is where it's going to get really good. Verse 4. Love suffers long. Did your love suffer long? In other words, is your love patient? Love is kind. Love does not envy, it's not jealous. Love does not parade itself, it's not boastful. Love is not puffed up, it's not prideful. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own or its own way. Love is not provoked or irritable. You know what that meant? I really looked that one up and it says, do you erupt in anger at people who get in your way or do you erupt in anger when people don't do what you think they should do? That's irritable. How many of you have ever been irritable at your spouse? Good one, Pastor. Let me flip that around. How many of your spouses have ever been irritable at you? That, that may be a daily basis for me. We're a work in progress. Keep reading. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It never gives up. It believes all things. It never loses its faith. It hopes all things. It endures all things. But I can't confuse love and lust. 
Love is directed outwardly toward others, but lust is directed inwardly toward me. Now, what would happen if we went back through this? And in verse 4, 5, 6, and 7, instead of love, we put Jesus in there. So it would read, Jesus suffers long. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade himself. Jesus isn't puffed up, and I could keep reading. But what would happen today if we substituted your name in there? And this became a prayer of mine. A prayer of mine for me. So Oscar's sitting right here. We're just going to use him. Oscar suffers long. Oscar is kind. Oscar does not envy. Oscar does not parade himself. What would happen if me and you begin to pray this over ourselves? There's been times in my life I've used verse 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 as my prayer. I've said that over me. And what begins to happen is we begin to pray that out. We start being molded by those prayers. And so if any of these in your area you lack in, what would happen if we would just step out and say, I'm going to start praying these. I'm going to give you a little insight. There were times in my life as a husband that Shelly was praying these over me. She was calling those things that be not as though they are. God will answer our prayers. He'll move. And so I, I begin to look at these here. And my job I used to have, one of my deals I had to do is I, I would have to go collect when people weren't paying their water bill. It was a real fun job. They didn't meet you at the door with open arms. And there was a restaurant there in Clovis, and, and, and the lady who ran it, she was the wicked witch of the east, the west, the north, and the south. All the above. When you came in and she realized who you were, she would greet you with some choice words. And so my reaction, just my flesh, the carnal side of me, wanted to say, I got something for you, lady. I'll cut that off and we'll see. I, I wanted to respond ugly. And so before long, when you knew you were going to see her almost every month, the Lord said, why don't you just just pray the love of God over you. Now, here's the key with that. I, I'm not responsible for what Oscar does. I'm responsible for me. I can't control him, and he can't control me, but I can control me with the Holy Spirit. And so before I'd get out, I'd say, Lord, fill, fill me with the love of God. Just fill me. And so I would walk in there, and she would greet me ugly, and I'd respond very lovingly. Boy, it's tough on me, And I begin to see over a period of time, the love of God would begin to work on her. Because my reaction wouldn't change. When she was ugly, mine wouldn't. Now, you know how I knew this was the Holy Spirit? Because it wasn't me. My flesh wanted it. 
it got to the point when I'd walk in and she'd see me, she'd say, would you like a glass of tea or a cup of coffee until I can come over there? So it got so wonderful. And, and with me, I had to use that for my advantage. So the other guys I worked with, when they would get that bill from her, they would freak out. They'd say, oh, no, this lady will ruin my day. She was that bad. So you know what I'd tell them? I'd say, fellas, for a hamburger and fries, I'll take that order from you. And they would say, you will. I'd say, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And so I, I literally would watch the love of God melt the woman. And it wasn't my natural inclinations because, again, my flesh didn't like doing that. But if you look at verse number 8, it says, love never fails. So what would happen this morning if we just said, Holy Spirit, why don't you tattoo that on my heart? Love never fails. And the next time your flesh wants to really get up, say, oh, no, love never fails. And so when I say love never fails, it becomes a choice. Do I actually walk it out? Now, don't, don't pray this unless you mean it, because what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit's going to start working, and you know what will happen in your life? You'll start having debris fall off you. You're in construction, and the, and, and, the, and the Lord will begin to work, and he'll chip things off you. And there's times you'll do stuff, and you'll think, I don't know where that came from. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. One more passage. Go with me to the book of, of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Now, I, I said this a minute ago. I'm a work in progress, okay, guys? Just because you get born again doesn't mean you don't have a flesh. He's still here. And there's times my flesh will still want to rise up. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me three weeks ago today. Just to show you I got a flesh. It's a Sunday afternoon about four o'clock and I'm in my backyard raking some leaves. And all of a sudden, over my fence, just bang! I could feel it fly over my hand. Look, I heard the bang. I looked around. There, there's a big old rock. I'm thinking, some kid's throwing rocks over my fence. So I go walking out in the alley, and they weren't kids. They were both about 17. And I hope you're not here today. If you are, I'll apologize to you. But I walked out there, and, and here, here's the picture for me, guys. I've got these flannel pajama bottoms on with these crazy-looking house shoes, and i got this beat-up T-shirt on. And so they look, and so I walk out there, and I said, Hey, which one of you geniuses just threw that rock over my fence? And they both denied it, and I said, Don't, don't deny it. I know one of you did it. I said, You're stupid doing that stuff. You about broke a window. And so one of them owned up and said, I did it. And I said, man, just please don't do that. So I turn around to go back in, and the other one starts laughing at me. And I think he was probably laughing at my wardrobe. <laughs> I don't know that, but when I turn around and look at him laughing, you know what he does to me? He does this. He goes, he bows up, and he bows up. I, it's like, I'm almost 60, but you're not going to challenge my manhood. <laughs> and, and so 
Pastor Stormy, the pastor, which all of you had been so proud of me that day, I walked up to him, got that, about that far from him. And I said, I love you with the love of the Lord. Not. <laughs> and he makes eye contact with me. I'm, I mean, I'm this close to him. And I said to him, I said, I'll hurt you. You gotta realize, pastors got a flesh. I lived on a block where, man, we scrapped all the time. It's like, and and he, thank God, he bowed, because if he would have blinked, I'd have probably, man, I'd Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And so, thank God, he bowed, and they walked away. And so I go walking into the house, and Shelly looks at me, and she said, "Is something wrong?" And I said, "Oh dear." I said, "I." I just got in the flesh so bad. And it, it bothered me. I mean, it wore me out thinking, dear Lord. And I thought, what will happen one day? And them two walk into church and say, I, I, that's the dude in the pajama pants. <laughs> Pastor, love never fails. We need to tattoo that on you today. You do. Put that right here. And so, again, I'm still a work in progress. Romans 5, verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I, I need a double dose of the love of God. Now, when you look at that word love right there, there's two meanings. The agape love is the God kind of love, and it's a love by choice. The other one is the word phileos, and phileos is a love by chance. But when I begin to get in my heart the love of God, the agape, I say, Lord, I'm going to love by choice. It's my choice to love. And I ask you to begin to move within me. And so when we begin to see all this with love today, man, I want to please God. I, I, I want to love God with all my heart, but also I want to love people. I want to love my neighbor like myself. I, I want to have the fruit of love. And I can't ever forget away from what the Lord said. He said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Where's my love? I believe there's an awakening within us. The Holy Spirit that says, man, I want, I want to work in you. I'm a lot farther than I used to be, but I'm still not where I need to be. And so I just keep yielding to the Holy Spirit and say, keep moving within me. And I believe that's the same for every one of us today. Can't do it without, without the Holy Spirit. That's why I read this. The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.